Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. Today, we've got our last position ranking show that we're doing in this series. Now, if you missed any of the other ones, make sure you go and check those out. But we're doing the one position group that seemingly is the most volatile, is the most debated, but at the same time, seems to have the most consistent rankings, which is really strange. Everyone keeps ranking these guys in the same place, but where the debate tends to come is where you're willing to take them been some shakeup on where the possibility of the earliness of when some of these guys go. But nonetheless, Ryan, this quarterback grouping, are you excited? I mean, sort of. I mean, like, it's a good quarterback class, man. I actually have kind of enjoyed watching them. I mean, even the guys that we'll talk about that are a little bit more of the volatile picks, like, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of upside, right? So, I mean, I actually kind of enjoyed this quarterback class. After the top five, man, this thing goes like... Oh, awesome. <gasps> like it's bad, man. It's really bad. But I gotta, I gotta bring this up. Yeah. The, I don't know how many times you've been asked this. The question it happens every year mm-hmm. of like, oh, who's the sleeper quarterback? So this year, everyone's like, who's the Brock Purdy of the class? Jay Kaner. I don't really have any. I, I, I yeah, Dude, I, I, really like, have Jay I, Kaner, I like Jay Kaner, man. I like Jay Kaner. He's actually better than Brock Purdy, in my opinion. In my opinion. But what I'm getting at here is that I just don't know if there's a foregone like, wow, this guy could be it. I just think that there's a lot of no. inconsistency. No, no. I, I, the, my love for Jake Hayner is that Jake Hayner is going to be a really good backup that maybe could start some games down the line. Like, that's cool. That's fun. I mean, on day three quarterback, exactly. that's, all you can, that's all you can hope for, man. It really is all. Case, case, case Keenum. K, uh, K, hopefully, is though, KJ Costello in this class? Oh, no. We got the Tanner McKee instead out of Stanford. So. Tanner McKee. <laughs> but that also is another guy that I don't really understand how he keeps getting brought up in that's, early that's, second round hey, discussions. Hey, man, that's PFF legend Tanner McKee, all right? It's PFF legends. Well, hopefully these five guys that are drafted – early and you could probably get I really don't think that there's any curveballs in these these rankings right you don't have anyone we're, that's outside we're gonna of have this we're, we're gonna have the same top five guys I'm curious if there's a guy or two that might be flipped okay. but like yeah yeah okay that's that's what I was getting at so we all know who the five guys that we're talking about Bryce Young CJ Stroud Anthony Richardson Hennon Hooker Will Levis those are the five guys that are, are brought up in the first round conversation. The one wild card of if he is a first round or not is Hendon Hooker. So I'm going to start us off here, Ryan, with my fifth ranked guy. And my fifth ranked guy is Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Look, I I wanted to talk myself into putting him at four. Mm-hmm. And I want to explain this here. I like Hendon Hooker more than I like Will Levis as a prospect. The floor, the floor. Yeah, yeah. The floor. Yeah. And I'm a little bit more confident in what Hendon Hooker can be. Yep. What you get with Hendon Hooker, a thinner framed guy, but a fantastic athlete. I actually think he's a better athlete than Will Levis is, is painted out to be. And we're going to get to that in a second. His arm strength is slightly above average. It gets the job done. It's good arm. His accuracy is short to intermediate, inconsistent. But what we talk about and why we get really juiced up over a guy like Hendon Hooker is that deep ball accuracy. He, out of any of these guys, I think more than anybody, 
is great at placing the ball in a position for his receivers that were very vertically oriented to continue to catch the ball in stride, to put them in a position to make uh, plays after the catch, to continually pick up extra yards, to score touchdowns. That stuff's fantastic. I think he, he checks the boxes that you want for a high-level backup or somebody who might eventually could be a mid-level starter. If Desmond Ritter is good enough to be considered to be a starter option for the Atlanta Falcons, I believe that Hendon Hooker has all the capability um, in his back pocket. He's not somebody I graded as a, as a first-round pick, but I think that he's got, again, those pieces, those tools, the experience, the composure, the stuff you look for in a quality player to add to your roster and into a quarterback competition. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially, again, during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's BetOnline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Joe, I, I feel like I need to talk about those two players together because it's a fascinating conversation. I think it actually flows pretty well, right? Because I also have Hendon Hooker at five and Will Levis at four. I'm assuming you have Will Levis at four, right? I'm assuming that's I do, I do. I do. Okay. So this is the this is the conversation piece because I actually have, right for this, I have almost identical grades on Will Levis and, and Hendon Hooker for very different really? reasons. Yeah, man. I, I have third-round grades on both those players. Both those players. Here's the difference, though. The difference why I placed Will Levis over Hendon Hooker is because I do think Will Levis has a much higher ceiling than what Hendon Hooker is, right? There is a universe. I feel like we have lost focus on this because there's such a volatility to Will Levis. Like, Will Levis is either going to be Jake Locker or he's, I'm not going to say he's going to be Josh Allen, but like he's going to be. Yeah, I, don't, I actually hate that. I hate I, that. I, comp. I hate the Josh Allen comp a lot. I, I get that. But there is a reality where he is a plus starter in the NFL. Like there is that reality. There's also reality mm -hmm. where he flames out in three years because he's just not that guy. Right. Like there is. I don't see. J, I don't see. I almost called him Jake Locker, which I know is very disrespectful. I've, I've, Ironic. I've, I've called Will Levis that before. <laughs> There is a, but I don't think there's a reality where Will Levis is just a good quarterback in the NFL. Just good. That's it. No, I think that he's either going to be not good at all, or he's going to be a plus starter. Like I don't think there's any 
I don't think there's much middle ground in that conversation, which is why he gets the nod over Hendon because Hendon is a much higher floor player in my opinion, right? The accuracy is spotty because the one thing about Hendon is that he's very mechanical, right? He's got those long arms, a little bit of an elongated delivery, but it's not like it's not to the point where it's like such a deficiency. But the one thing about Hendon is I think I think that and this is hard to decipher with the offense that he plays in at Tennessee because that air rate ish Josh Heupel offense is not incredibly translatable to the next level. It's not. But the one thing that I prefer over Hendon by a landslide over Will Levis is I think Hendon sees the game at a much higher level. Like I think he sees it. Yes. Which is great because yeah. the one thing about Hendon is that it's only a two-year starter, really. I mean, he started at Virginia Tech, but like, do we really count that as starting? Like it was a it was a du- Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, a he little was, bit. Dude, he was basically playing Wildcat quarterback for Virginia yeah. Tech. Like it was bad, man. Like that passing offense was atrocious. But I think that Hendon Hooker sees the game at a much higher level. I think his floor is substantially higher. But he doesn't have the tools that Will Levis has. Mm-hmm. I mean, Will has – I mean, not arguably. I'm, arguably. Him and Anthony Richardson have the two best arms in this class. I think it's, it's substantially – like, there's no question about that. I would even say that just pure velocity and ability of like the release quickness – he probably has the best arm in this class, like in my opinion, right? Like I think it's even better than Anthony Richardson. But the peaks and valleys are way too high. I don't think that we'll seize it mm. at a very good level, which worries me. This isn't like a mechanical flaw. And I actually don't think – I'm going to push back on something that some people think out there, which I disagree with. I do not think that Will Levis is inaccurate. I don't. I think he's pretty accurate. I think he doesn't see the game well. He makes stupid decisions. Yes. Like that's the thing with Will Levis. Hennon Hooker – I think is at least a very good backup quarterback, maybe a starter down the line. He has that type of upside, I believe. Will Levis peaks and valleys how good he can be. In a ranking where their where their grades are similar, I'm going to defer to the ceiling of a Will Levis over the floor of a, of a handed hooker because he might be a safer prospect, but he's not going to win you football games consistently, right? Like he's not going to be that guy that's going to be able to put a team on his back. Will Levis could be that guy. It's just he could also be Jake Locker. Like, there's not anywhere in between. So that's kind of the differentiator for me of those two guys. So I'd actually rather juxtapose Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. And before I get to the one thing I want to throw in there with with Hinton Hooker, again, I think he's a really high-level backup. But I I would actually throw out this argument. I I know this is going to sound ludicrous because the guy just got a massive extension. But I think that if... If Jalen Hurts can be as successful as he has early on in his career, I see some similarities in their game where good athlete, inconsistent accuracy, or just playing in an offense that set them up in college to, to not have to make a lot of difficult decisions. I think that Hendon has all that capability. If he goes into the right spot that wants to use utilize his tools in the same manner, not MVP level, but could be a very strong level starter. I think he has that capability. Is that likely? Probably not. But if Jalen Hurts can succeed the way that he has, I think that Hendon Hooker can too. But are, are you running a similar offense to what Jalen Hurts? I mean, the thing that gives Jalen like a nice little bump in the NFL now is that he can do the quarterback run game stuff consistently. Like I know Hendon can move. Yeah. Like he's not he's a good athlete, right? But he's not a guy that's yeah. going to run for eight hundred plus yards and double digit touchdowns like Jalen Hurts, for instance, right? Like that's not quite his game. You know who's a player that I actually think he he is similar ish to Joe, which is going to be kind of a weird comp. He kind of gives me Ryan Tannehill vibes a little bit, which is like good yeah, player. I can see that. But like 
Because Ryan Tannehill's a little bit mechanical, but he's a big guy who's a good athlete, right? Like all those things work. So when you have mm-hmm. a good running game around him and a good system around him, Ryan Tannehill's a good football player. But there's a mm-hmm. lot dependent around him to be a good football player. And I think that's what I see with a Hendon Hooker is that like, yeah, he was a really good player last year for Tennessee, but he also had Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Darnell Wright blocking for him. Like right. pretty good players around him, man. Like it wasn't like it was just like him making chicken salad out of chicken shit, right? Like he was making chicken salad out of chicken salad. Like it was very good. So so the reason why I want to juxtapose and and compare Anthony Richardson and Will Levis is, well, first of all, they, they're the debated two guys of who's going to go first amongst three and four. And I, I like a lot of the stuff that you said about Will Levis. And the reason why I want to compare the two is that I think Anthony Richardson is very green to the position. Mm-hmm. And what hurts Anthony Richardson is not a lack of ability, yeah. but – for a fact that the game is moving too fast for him. Uh-huh. And when you start to see that the move, the game moves too fast for him, he starts to make decision-making mistakes. He starts to yeah. make critical errors. He starts turning the football over. He starts making erratic throws. Because he hasn't Will played Levis, enough. Because he hasn't played enough. He hasn't played enough. Yeah. Will Levis, on the other hand, Ryan, mm-hmm. I, I don't see that. I see a guy that, as you said, does not have a natural feel for the game. Anthony Richardson shows me a lot of plays where when he's in a rhythm, it's very natural. Yeah. He has like a gamer mentality. It's like watching a guy playing backyard football that just has an instinct and is like, oh, I'm going to just flip the ball to my running back <laughs> and we're going to pick up an extra five yards. That to me is a natural athlete and that is why I'm high on him. We're going to probably dive into Anthony Richardson a little bit more, but to kind of wrap up our conversation on Will Levis, I really just can't totally buy in. I ranked him as high as I did because of the traits, because of the arm, because he's a big, strong kid. Again, not as good of an athlete as everyone has painted him to be, Mm -hmm. but he's a strong enough athlete where it's not a detriment. But my big issue, again, as you said, the decision-making, I just don't think this is a guy who naturally feels the game. He looks awkward when he makes decisions. I'm curious what what his cognitive test score was because those scores have been a bit telling on abilities to make decisions. CJ Stroud's number was terrible. Bryce Young's number was great. And I'd be willing to bet that Will Levis's number probably wasn't that good based well, on watching him try Strauss to make decisions. CJ Stroud's number low? CJ Stroud's number was low? I didn't see that news. Some, I was on a, a Texan podcast and mm-hmm. they brought up that Bryce's number was really good. Yeah. And then after the fact, they DM'd me like the next day and they're like, oh, uh, CJ Stroud's was low. Interesting. Which makes sense. Like if you think about that, we're, and I, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but... I don't. I would bet that Will Levis didn't do well because he's not somebody who is great at making decisions. Yeah, it, it's and it, it. I think that the conversation piece here, especially around Will and Anthony, that you're juxtaposing those guys now, right? Is that yeah. what's fixable easily and what isn't fixable, right? Anthony Richardson's issues, I believe, are fixable. It's like the Trey Lance stuff, right? Like, I haven't given up on Trey Lance because he's been injured. Like it's different, right? Trey Lance needed reps. Like he needed to see the game more. He hadn't played. I mean, he was a one-year starter at North Dakota State. Anthony Richardson's the same. Like he hasn't played enough. He needs to see the ball more. The mistakes he makes, I believe, are more of lack of experience or technical. Like I think that those are more mm. in his game than him just not seeing the game well. Will Levis is a two-year starter, man. It's a two-year starter. I think he's seen the game. I think he sees the game and he just makes bad decisions with it. Like, I I don't think that he sees the game at a very advanced level. I think that he, and when you're juxtaposing those guys, 
one's 24, going to be 25 as a rookie, and the other one's 21 years old, right? And yes. that's that's the difference. That's a differentiator for me and why I have Anthony Richardson as number three. Like he is my number three as well because the ceiling is that he's the best quarterback in this class, right? But he's another guy like Will Levis. Similarly, there's a wide gap between the the ceiling and the floor. There is. Mm -hmm. And the floor is not because he's just a bust that can't play and doesn't have feel. Like that's not his bust factor. The bust factor is is that he hasn't played enough. So when you get in the NFL – can they be patient with you enough to get the best out of you? Because there is a world where Anthony Richardson gets drafted, thrown into the fire year one, and if he's not the guy in two years, it's over with, right? And then he doesn't get that job again. That's the fire that he can be thrown into. If you're patient with him, I think he's going to be a very successful quarterback at the next level when it all clicks. The question is, is is it going to click in that first window fast enough for a team to fully buy into you? I don't know the answer to that one. Because athletically – 6'4", 240 plus, 443, 40-inch vert, cannon for arm. Like there's no questions about the talent level here, right? The question mm-hmm. is, will he be able to develop quick enough in that first window for a team to bet on him long term as their guy? That's the question that I have with Richardson. Not to speak too much in absolutes. He's also my number three quarterback. Again, it seems like our lists are identical here on these on these quarterbacks. I am more confident that Anthony Richardson figures it out than Will Levis does. And it's not like we have enough evidence to show that. It's not like Anthony Richardson improved as the season went on. If if anything, he kind of made more mistakes as the season went on. But I think as a natural athlete, a more naturally gifted athlete who looks, again, as I've said, like he has just an understanding of how to make plays. But when the game moves too fast for him is when, when the mistakes come in. But because he is not forcing things and that you see that that natural learning ability that I think that he could take that that step in in improving. And if he does, he's a top top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That is not a hyperbolic statement. He is that freaking good. It's just a matter of does he achieve that? Does well, he get and, there? And and the one good thing that he has going for him is that what could buy him some time to develop is the athleticism. I mean, what is buying Justin Fields time right now, Joe? What's Let's find him time because he wasn't a great passer this year. It was improved a lot from his rookie year. There's no doubt about that. But the reason that Justin Fields is being bet on right now is because his legs give him a floor to be able to develop as a passer. That gives him a floor. That gives him an opportunity to have that window of development. Anthony Richardson can have that same thing. While he's figuring out the passing game and developing and getting more you know, adept to NFL offenses and reads and protections and all that great stuff. He can still also do the quarterback run game stuff and he can still get you out of trouble with mm. his legs. Like he can do that stuff that gives you a floor, right? That gives you a floor of development an opportunity to be that guy that can show those little incremental improvements. It's still not perfect, but Hey, he's still going to win some football games for you because he's such a dynamic athlete. I mean, that's so I think there is some Justin Fields vibes to Anthony Richardson is this in the sense that his legs do buy him some time, especially with how the games play today. All right. Now to dive into the two obvious. Can I ask you a question guys? before we do that? Before we do that? Yeah. Yes. Ask, ask me a question. Is next. there a reality if you were an NFL team and we have to remember mm-hmm. as independent scouts, we are trying to cover the 
full variety of teams, right? The the skill sets that teams like. You know, we're going to talk about teams going up to the draft of like what Carolina likes in a quarterback, what the Houston Texans like, what the Atlanta Falcons, the Tennessee Titans, the, all these teams that could potentially need a quarterback. Is there a reality or a team, Joe, that says, actually, I want Anthony Richardson as the first or second quarterback off the board. Is there that reality? I don't. I don't. I don't think there. Well, think you're there basically is. saying with the with the Carolina Panthers. Take, no, or you're just I'm, I'm not saying Carolina Panthers. I'm saying like okay, Carolina Panthers are going to take Bryce Young, in my opinion. Like that's just kind of in the universe yes. now, and I think that's yeah, what's yeah. going to happen. We'll talk about that, right? Houston Texans at two, Indianapolis Colts at four. Whoever ends up being the next quarterback team, is there a reality where they take Anthony Richardson over CJ Stroud? Oh yeah, I absolutely think that. There are teams that have Anthony Richardson higher on their board. I, I, I absolutely think that that's that's true. I mean, there's certain teams out there. I mean, it's why Trey Lance got drafted as high as he did over uh, Justin Fields and over Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. It's because of teams are in love with guys that are freakish athletes. I think that's yeah, that's absolutely the case. Is, just is there a any of, situation? Does anybody pursue them? Right. Is there any situation where if you were a GM of a specific team? That you would pull the trigger on Richardson over over the other quarterbacks. Is there wait? Is there a scenario? I is there a team scenario where if you were the general manager of X team that you would the consider only one Richardson? that I would the only one that I would say is the Colts because I don't think it makes sense for a lot of the other ones. Uh, the Falcons. I've had enough indicators through, and we'll talk off air why I I know this. I don't think that they're going to take a quarterback unless one falls into their lap. And I don't think Anthony Richardson fits with what they're trying to go for. I also don't think the Raiders are a team that is particularly excited about going for a young guy. And also, we know the type that Josh McDaniels likes to go for. I think if anyone does, it's the Colts. And the only reason, the only evidence that I have to support that is one, Jim Irsay's off his damn rocker. And then two, I think that with Steichen there, Steichen, however we pronounce it. Steichen. The way that Jalen Hurts was utilized and the way that he was able to be successful, I think that he's smart enough to see he gets that unlocked more than he can get it with Will Levis or CJ Stroud. Mm -hmm. And at the very least, can just run Anthony Richardson until he figures it out. That's fine. I think that he's not going to try and go for somebody who's a pocket quarterback the way that he utilized Jalen Hurts, and it produced such significant success. And if he put him and Jonathan Taylor together, I'm sure that that's a very, very likely possibility. Man, Jim Ursay, man. That, did you see his tweet yesterday? I don't know. I, I, I saw it. I didn't read it. It, it, it was it basically said, very like, incoherent. It basically said we could do anything at number four or something. Like, we like all our options. We could do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, why does Jim Ursay have a Twitter? Like, that's the only question that I had after the tweet. But yeah, yeah. He's getting after it, man. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the top two guys because yeah. I'm assuming that the ordering here is Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and just kind of how we've been comparing these guys. I think it's fitting to do that to wrap us up. Yeah. CJ Stroud has been described as the most natural passer in the class. And I, I tend to agree on that. I think that he's got a very natural throwing motion, yeah. natural arm, good touch. Mm-hmm. Where I come into this concern for Stroud is what's going on up top. Because he is somebody who a lot, playing in an offense that really was one read and go, man, you really do see on tape when that first read doesn't open up. It's like the the dial-up noise is going on in his head where it's like, like, oh, hey, what, what do we got going on here? What do we got going on here? And then he either takes a sack, throws the ball away. It just doesn't lead to a lot of good things. 
I'm a little wary that he can figure it out and make those decisions quicker in the NFL. It's certainly possible, but it's a little scary. It's a little frightening sometimes watching CJ Stroud. I think we, we, we definitely see him a little bit differently, but I think that let me let me describe this as best I can. I think that he gets stuck at times, but I don't think he gets stuck because he doesn't see the game. I think he sees the game pretty well. I think he goes yes, through. I didn't I was I wasn't implying that. I was more so saying that it's not that he doesn't see it. I think he overcalculates. Like I think he's just kind of sitting there and let the gears start turning he, and then he doesn't know what to do. He is such a weird player because I actually think he's a solid athlete, but he doesn't understand that he's a solid athlete ever. Like it's just so yeah. weird, man. I think that there are times where he goes through his reads. He gets stuck there and he doesn't know what to do because the structure is over of the play. It's over. And you have to make a decision of like, hey, man, you got to hit your check down or you got to get out of there, brother, because something bad's about to happen, right? And I don't think he has that innate instinct because I think he's pretty good in the pocket, right? Like he's got decent pocket movements. Yeah. But when there is a structure issue that happens, I think he really struggles to turn in structure to out of structure. Like I really think he struggles with kind of that nuance of pre-snap to post-snap to oh shit snap. Like there's like a different nuance to it. And that's the separator for me. That is the separator. I think he is going to be a good quarterback in a system. Like his floor is pretty high in my opinion, right? If things are around mm-hmm. him right. He's going to be a Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins type quarterback. Cool. But can he be that guy though, right? Like the guy that's going to take a team to the Super Bowl, to put a team on the back. That's where I have questions with him. Yeah, I don't – I really don't think he's ever going to achieve that because of everything you just said. Like he doesn't – physically like he's he's above average in every kind of category that you're looking for. Not elite, but above average in every category that you rank a quarterback. I just think mentally like it's not a guy that's got that – that gamer approach, like Anthony Richardson, that's just going to go out there and make plays. It's just CJ Stroud's going to get the job done. Sometimes he's going to make some really dumb throws or hold the ball and take a sack on third and long when they need to score a touchdown with two minutes to go. I think Jared Goff has been the perfect comparison that's been brought up continually through this process. Yeah. Well, and pe- people think that it's such a negative. I'm like, Jared Goff's a good quarterback, man. Like, he's a good quarterback. It, like, it's not, yes, he's not bad yes. at all. He's good. <laughs> They're going to make the playoffs because of Jared Goff. And I've kind of come around on him. I, I've been one of those people that have said that they should draft a quarterback this year. But in all honesty, they should just stick with their guns and let Jared Goff keep cooking, man. Like, Dude, he, he's, threw like he threw like 29 or 30 touchdowns last year, only threw like seven interceptions. Like, Jared Goff's a good quarterback, man. Like, he's good. He's But he, but he does have a limitation, yes. right? Like, he's not ever going to be – like. Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl because of the team around him, right? He didn't go to the Super Bowl because he urged that team to the Super Bowl. Everything was good around him. But we saw in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots that when things go haywire and there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of movement that needs to be made outside the pocket and quick thinking on the move and all that type of stuff, Jared Goff's not that guy, right? When you overload him and you get pressure on him, he's not the same dude. But in structure, when things are all, you know, good pass protection, balls coming out quick and being able to mm. go through quickly, Jared Goff's a good player. I think C.J. Stroud's the same way. So I actually think C.J. Stroud to Jared Goff is a great comp. I really do. I think he's a little more athletic than Jared, but, like, it's not insurmountable. Like, it's not a, it's not a big gap as far as, like, the caliber of athletes. So I think there's a lot of Jared Goff in his game, which isn't a bad thing. It's just – there might be a limit on him. There just might be a limit. And to those who don't who don't realize this, 
it's hard to find and have a Jared starting Goff. quarterback who is as average as Jared Goff. It is so hard. Oh, he's not, I mean, he's above he's average. Like, he's above average. I would say he's average. If it, he would, I would put him at like f- 15. Oh, uh, I think he might. Did he use a top 10 quarterback last year in the NFL? Goff. Yeah, man. Top 10 last year. Hell yeah. Yeah. But, okay. But to, my, to my point, we don't need to go over the semantics yeah. of ranking the NFL quarterbacks. To my point yeah. is it's hard to get that guy that's slightly above average or better. It sure. is so freaking hard, and we see how often teams fail. To have that level of consistency, Jared Goff's going to probably stick on that Lions roster and around the NFL for maybe another like eight years. He's always going to be a He's starter in the NFL. He's always going to be a starter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That those guys are hard to come by, and it's it's not a detriment to him. We, we don't because Joe, I don't think we give enough credit that Jared Goff, even if he's the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL, like let's say that you're right and he's the fifteenth or whatever, that means he's the fifteenth best quarterback in the world, guys. Like in the yeah. world, I think we hyper focus on that too much. Where we're like, oh, he's only the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL. That literally means he's one of the fifteen best quarterbacks anywhere. In this entire world. Like, think about that for a second. Can you imagine yeah. being the top 15 at anything? Like, anything in the world. I, I couldn't. Like, top 15 journalist or producer or, like, movie director. Like, could you imagine being the top 15 anything in the world? So, like, let's give a guy a little more credit than, like, oh, he's only the 15th. Like, he's the 15th best quarterback in the world, man. That means something. It does. I don't have to imagine, Ryan, because I know oh, that I am already best in the category. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Bryce Young, though. Yeah. I, I want to wrap our thoughts here on Bryce Young. Yep. I know he's small, everybody. I know that we're going to geek out over how short he is, and I know that everyone has has picked this kid apart, but the guy just has it. He has that intangible trait where he just gets it. The game mm-hmm. comes so easy to him. And the reason why I love Bryce Young, it's it's nothing physical. Like He, he is average to above average in every physical category that you need him to be. Mm-hmm. But what makes him elite and I think what makes him far and away. Like I don't think that there should be a debate on where Bryce fits in this category. I have fully come to this conclusion. Bryce is the best quarterback in this class because of the elite reactiveness. And it's not just a a rushed reactiveness. It is quick decision making, doesn't doubt himself, is confident in his decisions, and those decisions are usually the right decision. Mm-hmm. He is always going to find and set up his team for offensive for, for offensive production, for success, for moving the chains. That is really freaking hard to find. That, to me, as much as we're talking about Jared Goff and C.J. Stroud, is discounted way too much in this draft process because having somebody like that, there are so few in the NFL that have that innate mental capacity to do those things. There are not that many. There's maybe five, if we're being realistic, that have the mental capabilities of what Bryce Young has. Joe, you don't have to sell them to me, man. I mean, like, this is where we are with it. Selling them to the listeners. Yes. (laughs) Sell them to the listeners. For me, the difference between CJ and Bryce is simple. Both guys can do a lot of great things in structure. They move through everything in structure that you need them to do. Bryce Young out of structure is the separator, though, man. He is different in that capacity. He's different. He is him. And it's not – shut up. It's not It's not so much as like a runner of the football because he can run if he feels like it. He is an extender of the football. He wants to extend the pocket, break the pocket, keep his eyes downfield as a thrower. He's a th- natural thrower of the football. And I hate the heights conversation. The size conversation is cool because like 
204 pounds at the combine. We know he played more in the 180s to 190 range at, at Alabama. He's got to get to 205, 210 well, to, to maintain the, 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 there's, the hits in the NFL. There's always going to be a question of like his slight frame, right? And if it's going to be able to hold up. And I understand that conversation and I accept it. I'm like, I understand. Like if I was an NFL team, that would be something I would have a deep conversation with. I'd be talking to like the training staff that I have at my organization, you know, strength and conditioning coaches. Like, do you think that his body can hold up? And, you know, talk – it would be a very comprehensive and in-depth conversation. The height thing could care less about the height thing, man. It doesn't matter because in the pocket, it's very good. He only had one ball batted at the line of scrimmage last year, which is less than C.J. Stroud, by the way, who's six foot three. This He is <laughs> very good in the pocket. So I couldn't care less about the 5'10". He understands how to find passing lanes, passing windows. He can do all that stuff really well. The weight conversation, it's legitimate. We can have that conversation all day, every day, and I completely understand it. But from a field perspective, to your point, from an accuracy perspective, to my point, this kid is just really good, man, and he can make magic happen. In structure, he's a really good quarterback. Out of structure, Bryce Young's magic. He's magic. He has that to him. I take him first overall. I think Carolina Panthers are going to take him first overall. I don't care about the heights. The weights, sure, but he's there's something special about him, man. There's just something special there. Don't overthink it. Bryce Young, no matter what, Shut put the pick up. in Carolina. Shut up. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. That was our last position ranking. We've Good. got a big board show now. God, that is going to be... It's going to be slamming our heads against one another. Stay, stay tuned for that. That's going to be a really fun time. At Joe DeLeon, at Rising Drafts, we'll be back with more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.